another friend. This guy is a joke. Five laps remaining, so we need to keep this pace up. Hey man, don't talk to me through the corners. And he just went off. Going to Welcome to Purple Sector, Helmut and Rye Guy in studio. This episode is brought to you by Frostgate Asset Management, helping investors meet opportunity. To learn more, go to frostgatefunds.com. Rye Guy, it's bittersweet here. Uh, end of the season, it's Abu not, Dhabi in the books. It's not bittersweet, it's just bitter. You're just bitter? What about, what about the coverage of the race? The coverage was terrible. Fire the TV director already, just fire him. They're, they're just obsessed. They feel like they have to... We won't believe that Hamilton crossed the line in first if we don't see it happen, I guess. Well, just... Oh, I don't know. It just left such a bad taste in my mouth. First of all, the race was boring. Second of all, the only opportunity they had to cover any interesting part of the race, they completely blew it. There was there were so many... It, it's, I'm sorry. I'm just still salty as hell. Our previous episode, we got into what battles there were in the driver's standings the constructor standings right and so all those things actually started to come to fruition and we're coming down to the last lap where you had head-to-head on track guys going for the you know their position in the driver's championship and the coverage had to leave that to show hamilton just do his lonesome parade and cross the line meanwhile you had simultaneously Sergio Perez make a pass to climb up the order. You had an insane move by Carlos Sainz to get into the points to jump Gasly for that, I think, sixth in the driver's championship, right? Yep. So all these things going on, you know, while the broadcast shows the Mercedes that had been wire-to-wire leading uh, yeah, and then they show of any battles. They show fucking Botas lapping a second and a half behind Leclerc like he's going to catch him in a lap. It was just awful. It was so bad. So we actually went back to watch the end on the F1 TV pit lane channel. Before you uh, before you play this, I'm just going to throw this out there. F1 TV has its woes, of course, but you hope it gets better every year. But this is a ringing endorsement for getting F1 TV. The pit lane channel is unbelievable. Yeah, this is what you were... Obviously, you're only going to hear it, but... What you would have actually seen, all those battles going on simultaneously along with the, the normal uh, worldwide feed. And if, if this doesn't get you hyped, I don't know what will. And this is the great thing about the PLC, because there is the dominant man of 2019, the six-time world champion who never looked in doubt, but also in box two. Here we go with Sergio Perez. It's going to be crucial how close he gets. It's very, very close indeed between Sainz and Hulkenberg as well. There's going to be a lot to deal with now as we go across the line. Also, here we go with Bottas closing in on Leclerc. Man, we've got so many battles, even we don't know where to look. Sainz thinking about it, first of all. Gets close, you have a great run. Sergio Perez is going to run out of opportunities. He's not going to get close enough, is he? Sergio Perez is not going to do it. I think Lando Norris, if he can pick his breaking point, it's going to be okay. Oh, he's gone super defensive. Carlos Sainz is directly behind. Sergio Perez is going to try and get to the apex. And he's going to get past. Sainz is going to get through as well. Perez gets past Norris. Sainz gets past Hulkenberg. And you 
saw it both live and here to win the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix is Lewis Hamilton and he's won here for the fifth time a truly dominant performance from the world champion and it really was absolutely superb from the class of the field in 2019 he's won the race by about 17 seconds and here's the last of the battles this year because the race is concluded from the lap drivers unbelievable yeah. <laughs> so first if that, off if that doesn't make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up and it's even better to watch because when they're mentioning boxes they do a try box you know they have the yes the worldwide broadcast on one that he's commentating on, like and then someone like else, zone. yeah, someone else is bouncing between the actual close battles on track, and you can hear right after those two passes, the Perez move and the signs move, which had major implications. Right after that, Hamilton crosses the line. So the you know the worldwide he didn't feed, miss anything. That guy yeah. called every single thing going on. Exactly, which shows you it's possible. That guy could talk circles around Crofty, by the way. Like, yeah, it's well, it's actual. It's a lot more valuable <laughs> usage of his uh, breaths as well. Yeah, Crofty's just a mess. Crofty is uh, spray and pray. You know, he just he just starts announcing everything his eyes are seeing. I know. I mean, he's good. He's very good, but sometimes it becomes a little diuretic, a little diarrhea. Diuretic. We should actually do next year. We should do a comparison of a race start by Crofty and a race start by this guy. Yeah, some serious deep analysis that we'll get yeah. into. The other thing I noticed, Ryan, with the F1 TV PLC, a, a lot of good acronyms going on that we Just can use. Just say pit lane channel. PLC yeah. sounds trifling. And uh, he definitely needs a pop filter, dude. <laughs> his P's were... This guy? Yeah, his P's were bugging on that audio. They, they must not have the budget for that yet. Yeah, they're still working out the kinks, like you said, on F1 TV. Not everyone can have audio as clean as Purple Sector. <laughs> as Purple Sector. Well, we need to have good uh, pop filtration with purple sector i know you know thankfully we do and uh our sound is clean yeah very um i thought that was it's just great stuff though to be able to actually see those other things happening because but here's what i wonder right is f1 almost sabotaging the global feed to promote f1 tv right because they could clearly control and show these other battles or do a picture in picture a PIP? What if you have an F1 TV PLC PIP? <laughs> you know? Three acronyms? Yeah. You just said an, a, an entire sentence that was just three acronyms. <laughs> F1 PIP F1 PLC? F1 TV PLC PIP. <laughs> um, I don't know. And I think the reason why the coverage gets so shitty on the last two laps, in this case, I th there's got to be some kind of obligation to show the higher-up teams. Otherwise, like... what? I can't, otherwise, what is the explanation for showing Botas not catching Leclerc versus two other battles that are for championship positions? It's also the graphics that they want to pay off, right? Because their graphic was claiming Botas would have an overtake difficulty of light green Those with things are so two dumb. laps to go on Leclerc. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying there must be some kind of contractual obligation to show or have a preference to show like Mercedes and Ferrari over mclaren battling renault well you know the masses yeah they don't know what a renault is or a mclaren they don't have you know like I'm the throwing, things that pop are mercedes lewis hamilton right right, right. But i'm throwing the tv director a bone here by assuming that's the case if it isn't he's terrible at his job him or her are awful at their job well, because other people who don't understand if you're just casually tuning in you don't know about the battle for sixth in the driver's championship and the last single point yeah but right? even even uh 
Crofty and Brunel couldn't believe it, right? They were like, this is going to be tight here at the end. And then they cut to Botas and Leclerc, and they're like, and here's Botas a second and a half behind Leclerc. And they're like, geez, you could just tell that they were like, why are they not showing? Yeah, actual on-track battles. It was a three-car battle between Ricardo, Hulkenberg, and Sainz. Oh, it was super tight from like 12 to, to 8 or 7. On the tower on the left side where all yeah. the names are, you just saw all three of them flipping constantly on the last lap and a half. And that's the thing. Even uh, Crofty and Brundle were teasing, you know, with like 20 laps ago, they were saying, oh, Sainz needs to get that point now. Yeah. It's just, and they totally botched it. The fact that all they keep showing, like you said, is Botas, quote unquote, charging and, uh, <laughs> and Hamilton, quote unquote, cruising. Botas charging to a not podium finish. Yeah. Ugh, good, good riddance, man. So let's, let's rewind, Ryan, to the practice sessions and some of the news that was breaking leading up to the race weekend. Let's do it. The biggest, the biggest one. I mean, I I think I have to even sting this because it's so, sting the, it. the timing is so interesting on this. This is the season finale, dude. Sting it. Valtteri Botas announcing that he's divorcing his wife. Oh my god! Like what is the this day about? Before the race weekend starts. Why would you announce this on the Thursday before the last race of the season? It couldn't wait seventy two hours. I don't understand the timing at all. Uh, maybe he just wants it to get buried in the race weekend news because if he does it after the season, then it's kind of maybe has more legs. I don't know. Maybe it was that incendiary of a breakup that Botas was like, I'm over this bitch. I'm announcing this shit on Thursday. Yeah, and they missed their opportunity to have those uh, super athletic genetic freak kids because she's an Olympic swimmer, right? And he's a Is she an Olympic competitive... He's a competitive Formula One driver, so they could have had that whole Steffi Groff, Andre Agassi, uh, sibling sort of children loin stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought all I know is on her Instagram, all she posts is her riding horses and like tending to her horses. So I don't know if she's a Maybe swimmer. Maybe she was an equestrian. She might be. Yeah, but I thought she was uh, an Olympic swimmer, some sort of Olympic athlete. Emilia Pickrainen. Pick a raining. Finished swimmer, you're right. Yeah, I know I know all about that relationship, I guess. She did. She took part in the 2008 Olympics at age 15. 15, just a child prodigy. That's pretty impressive. And the 2012 Olympics. Anyways, um, yeah, that was very strange. Um, I wonder if Botas even consulted, if he, if he even has a PR person. But in any case, why would you announce your divorce? thursday before the last race of the season <laughs> it's it a, couldn't it's the wait funniest timing it is like he went into he threw that out there and then went to the thursday pressers maybe he realized his mistake because then in free practice too he had that dive inside grosjean where they <laughs> where they came together yeah so maybe that was just him trying to again distract from the news he had previously announced of the divorce I don't know. Maybe this is all part of his Botas 2.0. <laughs> yeah, he's already begun his new attitude. Sorry, of, babe. Botas 2.0 is in the house. Because wasn't that what we talked about before? He's already sort of teased that he has a new strategy for how he's going to be more competitive and go for the championship next year. Maybe but this he's is not, big, no, not... No telling. He's this not was telling the big anybody. reveal, though. Yeah. This was a part of his plan. So don't want nobody peeking. I didn't see this until just now. So it says on November 28th, 2019... Valtteri Botas announced their separation and divorce, citing, quote, challenges my career and life situation bring. 
Yeah, that he can't win a driver's title. So this is just part and parcel of being Lewis Hamilton's teammate because even Nico Rosberg cited the fact that uh, trying to beat Hamilton like brought his relationship with his wife to the brink where he had to shut her out. Yeah, that's why Hamilton does it right. He's not married, and he doesn't let any of his girlfriends take a shit in his house or his airplane. Yeah, no pooping you know? allowed. Yeah, he doesn't need those kind of distractions of having to plunge or you know, yeah, brush any of the toilets. Hamilton is just married to the Instagram game. That's what he's married to. Yeah, and now that the off season is in full swing, keep your eyes on Hamilton's story because he is on fire on the gram right now loaded with selfies fashion shows uh self-aggrandizing posts it's it's on fire right now baby i hope we get more under underwear posts yeah we need more mirror shirtless mirror selfies underwear shots but they're coming dude trust me a lot of shots in elevators recently i mean his his story is on fire right now yeah man he just can't <laughs> can't stop putting himself out there so right guy the botas grosjean thing in the second free practice was so unnecessary on multiple levels uh by the way such just such a a, a buzzkill for grosjean because that was the only that floor. Retro floor that he was actually flying in yeah so botas robbed him of using the package he was going to race in yeah and i don't know who you thought was at fault i mean i think both probably are partially to blame but it's practice so botas chill out botas a little aggressive right not and a little like very a lot and it's funny though because then everybody Botas 2.0 yeah everybody just proceeded to run down grosjean like on the radio when hamilton was told uh, and it's they said to. yeah it was grosjean hamilton was like uh i, I could have guessed you know <laughs> it's easy to run down grosjean because he makes mistakes all the time yeah he always finds himself hitting the wall on his own or <laughs> hitting other people yeah grosjean baby but hey, that's your GPDA, another acronym, your Grand Prix Driver Association uh, president or representative for the F1 drivers. I'm telling you, you must get that job as a punishment. So all the other drivers like colluded mm-hmm. and we're like, let's make Grosjean. And Ryan, as you mentioned, Botas 2.0 was Botas 2 engines because they also found some slight yeah. abnormality or some something going on with the replaced, the newly replaced engine and they had to give them another engine. So he was already starting at the back, so it didn't matter, but they basically gave him another power unit for this race. Yep. So 2.0, he just mows through engines, mows through Grosjean in free practice, and mows through marriages. <laughs> I mean, 2.0, <laughs> it is a new a new Botas. So I'm actually, it's sad to hear about their divorce. Nobody really wants to hear about that. It's always bad news, but they'll get over it. What I'm excited about is the prospect of... Uh, Botas trotting out some new girlfriends in the paddock next year. Oh, yeah. You better not let them find their way on a Toto's lap, though. It can be an enthralling spot. That's true. But knowing Botas 2.0, no distractions. I'm not anticipating any girlfriends in the paddock. Toto had his wife there. Mrs. Wolf was at the race. I saw a picture of both Susie. of them at the end. Yeah, Susie. Susie Wolf. A Venturi Formula yeah. E team. Man, you think about next year, you're going to have... Both the Mercedes drivers, Hamilton and Botas, at the top of their game, single and ready to mingle. Mm-hmm. It's on. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a race on and off the track. These guys might start with having sex guys, with each right? other. Yeah, <laughs> just trying to find that edge, you know. <laughs> yeah, getting getting inside each other's heads. Did you get inside yeah, more each than other. just their heads, baby? So, <laughs> so Raga, did you see also 
because Mercedes, I mean, they have everything locked up and Hamilton is just cruising to victory at Abu Dhabi. Did you see at some point in the race nearer to the end when Toto Wolf basically went out and just oversaw the pit stop by the Mercedes team? It's nothing but fun and games in that team. Uh, they're just fun and, you know, he's watching and they, they actually put in a great pit stop with him lording over them, casting his long shadow well, over you, the you uh, mechanics. You better, if Toto's up your ass like that, you better. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they took care of business and do Hamilton have, cruised. Do you have anything else from practice? I, I didn't watch that much practice, unfortunately. No, I watched a little bit of it, but there wasn't much going on. Uh, just going through the motions. Qualies, we can uh, jet I, over to Qualies. Let's do it. I've, so, got, I've got plenty of notes from Qualies. Yeah. The first thing, Ryan, Q1, you had Vettel, where he didn't warm the tires and basically just spun on that on the curb slash sand, whatever, because you hadn't for stopping before that saying that it was pretty slippery out there. Yeah, the track was really green at the beginning of Q1. Yeah, and Br- <laughs> Vettel, Brundle. Vettel, that was an awful spin. He was facing the other direction when Hamilton went around the yeah. uh, corner to start his hot lap. Yeah, what the perfect image to describe Sebastian's life of the, of the last two, three years. And Brunel, Brunel straight up goes, how embarrassing is that? That's the quote I wrote down for him. Yeah. Brunel said, that was an embarrassing spin. And then he went on to say, you know, like, that that's a beyond a rookie mistake. Yeah. Vettel. <laughs> Vettel's in the Vettel. shitter. So I didn't have any other real notes from Quali until uh, Q3, so I don't know if you had any other ones you wanted to get into. Yeah, I got a few. So um, both the Alphas didn't make it out of Q1. Mm-hmm which is pretty shitty on their part. You would they've, think they'd get out of Q1. The, they have to be one of the probably the most hot and cold teams all season. If you let Lance Stroll made it out of Q1, right? I believe he did. Okay. so Or yeah. he might have just gotten knocked out at the end. No, no, no. no. It was uh, both Williams, Grosjean, and both Alphas. Yeah, you're right. Grosje. Because Grosjean Cause sucks floor, as well. Well, no, because his floor got wrecked but by Botas in practice. If you're either of the alphas, though, and you let Lance Stroll get out of Q1 instead of you, it's just not a good day. No. Secondly, they had Zach Brown on the mic all weekend on the pit wall. And oh, I, yeah. I enjoyed their conversation with him in Q1 about how, you know, both the drivers at, at McLaren are going to make a big deal about whoever wins the qualifying record for the year. But Zach was like, yeah, no one else really cares. Like, it's not important. Yeah. It's pretty yeah, funny. They don't care about head-to-head. Well, that's the thing. It, it's it's a marker. It's a benchmark, right? But it pales in comparison to getting more driver's points. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, Carlos's points haul over Lando's is incredible. I mean, it's an indicator, perhaps, of just raw one-lap speed, you know? Yeah, and racecraft. I mean, I think Lando definitely has work to do on his racecraft. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the year, to be fair to him, with the fact that Signs, you know, had many more drivers' points, they were having Lando play a clear B driver to Signs at the beginning of the year in a lot of the races. I wouldn't go. And that, you had I wouldn't some go bad that far, luck. man. Dude, they were like Monaco. Monaco was an example. Lando qualified way ahead, and they you used have to, Lando. You have to in Monaco, of course. But Norris had track position. They used him, et cetera, et cetera. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're both good. Lando's not some chump just because he got no. They're great. The he just needs to. He needs to probably. He's young. He's look, a hot young stud. I'll, I'll say this about it: he is a an amazing qualifier, and I think that goes to his 
his, uh, you know, he's always in the sim. He's simming. He's, he's gaming. simming hard. He's gaming. So yes, he's by himself in a vacuum. He's very fast. He needs to work on his racecraft or maybe develop more of a killer instinct. Um, my next note is, or my last note for Q1. Okay, Grosjean making a big deal about that unsafe release. Grosjean had so much time to react. True. I mean, Why did you should get on the brakes in qualifying and practice sessions. Of course, you shouldn't have to get on the brakes. Like they should be able, you know, he shouldn't have to brake. But he, like you said, it looked he like had there more was, than there enough time gap. to get off the gas, get off the pit lane limiter button, he tapped the brakes a little. He just kept flying. That was dangerous as shit. When you think about it, I was what say, if there he were made mechanics it an unsafe out there? Release by turning into the pits. Yeah, he's turning to where there could be a mechanic holding wires out of the way, and I'm, then Grosjean would just pummeled that dude Grosjean is just an excuse machine I've realized like at, at, at the beginning all the people complaining about Grosjean about how he's always whining and how nothing's ever his fault I've come around they're right Grosjean is always bitching about something other than himself and this is not this doesn't pertain to uh, the unsafe release this is at end of Q1 he doesn't make it and he just says uh, something went bad or something He'll, he'll never say, hey, I just didn't have it in this session, guys, or anything like that. Grosjean's a bum. He's definitely a blame thrower. He's a blame thrower. Yeah. He, he never, you're right, he never says, man, you know, I really I really screwed that up. Uh, it's always something, the car, the arrow, the floor, the <laughs> unsafe release, the, the safety car, the green track. It's, all, it's always something. The only time I've ever heard him say sorry, guys, for something is when he put it into the wall under the safety car in Baku. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there wasn't much. Because <laughs> there's, there's not much blame that he can put on anything else there. Yeah, that. but still, uh, so I'm, I've come around. I'm, I'm in that team of people who say that Grosjean blames everyone but himself. He needs mm. to be more like Botas and just beta himself. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he needs to look inwards, man. When you're making that many mistakes all the fucking time, you need to look inwards. Yeah. I have no notes from Q2. Yeah. All I have is Q3, then Leclerc missing the final flying lap because... Because Ferrari. It, it it was somewhat Vettel. I don't think Vettel was trying to sabotage him because Vettel is just reacting to other cars in front of him. I don't think it's Vettel at all. I think but he, if he's I'm Leclerc, engineer and he's getting on the radio and say, hey, you yeah, need to push. You're yeah. going to be short. Or Leclerc should be pushing and saying, who cares if you maybe sacrifice a little bit? You better cross that line, bucko. Yeah. I don't think they'd use the word bucko at a uh, Ferrari but <laughs> can I can we talk real quick about um since Hamilton got pole um this was his longest pole drought since 2011 yeah think, it was think about like that. 15 races right or something like no, that this was nine without a pole nine, okay. this season he went nine yeah, races yeah. without a pole position yeah which the I last mean, was Germany right where he completely boofed it in the wet uh yeah but still like you have to go all the way back to 2011 to when it took him that long to get pole again he wasn't even in title-winning cars yeah. in some of those years. No, it, it was odd because when you actually look at the numbers overall for the end of the season, yeah. you won't even feel like, wait, Leclerc had seven poles, you know? Like, yeah. you forget. Because remember Bahrain, He won the award, by the way. He won the pole position award for the year. Mm, for most. Yeah. Yeah. You just and get another one of those little mini Pirelli mini tires. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the mini tires. Those are a pretty tight trophy. I want to know where all these freaking trophies and awards go in if they go to the team at the factory or, or are they like in Leclerc's sick Monaco pad? Yeah, they go to the driver would be my guess, the ones that the driver earns. Obviously, the trophy for the constructor in each race goes to them. 
I, he has seven of those tires now, not including the one he just got for winning the pole position award. So I want to know if in his in his apartment, if he just has like a big stack of the Pirelli mini tires. You know what we need to do is open up a storage company in Monaco because think of all these drivers that live there and all these trophies that they don't have room in their yeah. condos for. Yep. We could be charging a pretty penny to have you know a secure uh, compound where they can just store their stuff in uh, in long term storage. Because I mean, everyone there is just loaded with these pit you know pit lane trophies and fast lap trophies and race trophies. That's true. It's that it's hard to accommodate all that when you're doing apartment living in Monaco. And then when they forget to pay, it's storage wars. You know, we cut the cut yeah. the lock and we're selling those units for you know six figures or more. Yeah, Botas. Because they're just loaded with goodies. Botas could buy the uh, World Drivers Championship trophy. Yeah, Botas won't have as much in there. He could probably put all his on a on a shelf. Yep. <laughs> Botas. And last but not least, my my last note for Q three is as we alluded to earlier, Lando edges Carlos by one point for the quality record for the year, eleven to ten. Mm-hmm. He did get him. Yes. Yep. So impressive by him and impressive by Carlos to finish sixth place. And like you said, it makes sense. He's the the sim guy and the gamer guy. So you would hope that guy can extract, you know, the best line for a single single lap. Whereas Sign still has more of that racecraft with more experience at yep. the top level. Yeah, Lando has been impressive though for a rookie. Yeah, I think all the the rookies in Formula One right now are very polished. Also, I mean George Russell is already better than like every commentator when you hear him interviewed oh yeah he's super professional and we know he's good with powerpoint but just think just to put the lando beating carlos over the course of the season and qualifying in context carlos has 102 grand prix under his belt and lando just came in and beat him in qualifying over the course of the season that's and there's that's impressive dude and this is probably at a handful of tracks that norris had no real experience at too right uh, no, he definitely simmed all of them. All right, I mean... He definitely dig- simmed the shit yeah, out of them. digital experience. I understand, but, but I'm just making a joke. Yeah. He probably simmed them a thousand times. Oh, I guarantee he did. That's like all him and Max do in their free time. When Hamilton, when they have a break, Hamilton goes like Trinidad, Tobago, or wherever. These these guys go and sim racing like all day. Yeah, we, we saw it. Lando puts on his uh, Valentino Rossi, the doctor bucket hat and like jumpsuit yeah. and just goes in sims <laughs> all break that reminds me we're we're entering the off season right now you and i will have to keep an eye on twitch to see how often uh lando's Norris, logging in lando and max yeah log in brutta oh yeah but anyways those, those are all my notes for qualifying you ready to grit up to talk race then let's do it It's such a hilarious little drum at the end. That little it snare is. drum. The da 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 da. da. <laughs> uh, that, of course, is our Mario Kart uh, grid music. Um, right, guy. The big talk pre-race and somewhat throughout the race was the whole Botas's divorce. Well, that that was <laughs> our biggest talking point. But Leclerc and Ferrari misrepresenting how much fuel was in the car. Yeah, that was all the scuttle on Sky, at least. They were oh, and then they asked Horner about it on the grid before the uh, race, and he's saying, "Well, it's pretty black and white in the regulations, so I would assume it's a disqualification." Yeah, but Horner, we, we Horner know gets fired up. To, it's to, Ferrari, yeah. right? 
and no one in this room is going to argue really matter. Yeah, so that there isn't partial treatment. At the end of the race, they just ended up fining Ferrari. Or sorry, preferential treatment. Right. I liked Ryan. I saw a headline recently about Ferrari is keeping their veto power for the next iteration of the F1 rules. Right. They'll always have. And it. the quote. The quote was. <laughs> the quote was uh, something like, "So we don't." nobody acts like children or to keep it to have an adult in the room kind of thing like (laughs) (laughs) implying that someone might make some rash childish decision with new regulations and they need that veto power because they're they're so mature yeah i just want to i got some stats here i need to use to highlight just how inefficient ferrari is at maximizing points like everyone knows this already but just listen to this okay so here's your top five by average starting position for the season, okay? So this is, after qualifying, this is their average starting position of every race across the whole season, right? Lewis Hamilton's obviously number one at an average starting position of 2.24. Then Botas, then Vettel, then Leclerc, then Verstappen, in that order, okay? So the two Mercedes drivers, the two Ferrari drivers, then Max in fifth. Max finished third in the World Drivers' Championship. So he's starting further back on average, and jumps both Ferraris. And both Ferraris, points. and he and he walked all over them in points. Ferrari blows at maximizing points in the modern. They era. minimize points. Yeah, <laughs> they throw <laughs> them out the fucking era. window all the time. Yeah, it also speaks to how impressive Max is because he's a one man band. Yeah, Max. At Red Bull. <laughs> Max is just—he's <laughs> Mad Max. He's just an assassin out there. He is. Who's just a lone wolf in the desert, exactly like Mad Max. He's just and doing his thing without any help and just stiff-arming both Ferraris the whole way. Yeah. Yeah, he's a beast. I mean, we, we say it all the time, but it, it bears repeating constantly. Another interesting thing real quick is that uh, Sebastian Vettel actually had a better average position over the course of the season than Leclerc and still finished behind him. Mm-hmm. So he's another guy who's just throwing away points. And he even had a lot of races where he received team orders to get him ahead of Leclerc on track in the beginning yeah for sure mm-hmm. so right guy the race start itself Hamilton actually had a good start and Leclerc from the front they were very good off the line yeah and Hamilton's been incredible all year on on his starts yeah something he struggled with in the past and Botas had an amazing first corner he was shot out of a cannon obviously yeah. starting from the back but he just rode the inside and just late-braked all the other cars that were at the back. I think he made up like four or five spots into turn one. That chassis is amazing this year. Yeah. I, 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 I'd be interested, interested to see on raw data, like, which chassis is better or was better this season with, like, the medium and low-speed corners, Red Bull or Mercedes? Because the Mercedes was freakish. They were very good because in the past, it's always been Red Bull – dominating with that arrow and the the tight corners but mercedes just their total race package was insane this season yeah i mean look no further than monaco this year right you would it's always the opportunity for red bull to be scary is monaco but no uh it was a mercedes one two in qualifying and hamilton walked his way to the to the to the checkered flag so right guy the uh the next great thing that happened was lap three when you're expecting drs to kick in you saw uh, there's a technical issue with DRS, so it won't be enabled. All right, so I'm in the camp of the conspiracy theory that they did this on purpose to do a little experiment because it was the last race of the season. 
and all the big everything for the most part was settled. Yeah. So they, I'm of the presumption. Interesting. I have my tinfoil hat on, and I buy into the conspiracy theory that this was on purpose so they could do an experiment to see what racing was like for 20 or so laps, however many laps it was. They without went, DRS. They went, yeah, it was from lap 18 was when it was finally enabled again. Okay, so they did a 15-lap a experiment of no DRS. They claim it was a data server crash I'm not right buying it. when they were about to enable DRS. I'm not buying it. I'm think, <laughs> because they've been, uh, they've been very vocal about wanting to experiment with rules with the last race of the season. Mm-hmm. So well, they got it. You right saw there. it here under smoke and mirrors. Behind because, smoke and mirrors. Yeah, on the sky broadcast, they were actually saying, like, well, oh, this will give all? us a chance to see it. Do I don't you buy think, into theory? I don't think they're afraid. I think if they wanted to, they could have easily just said it, but maybe they're that scared that they would just manufacture this data server crash for 15 laps. This is how I look at it, okay? If they were to come out and say on, let's say, Wednesday, they're going to say, hey, no DRS this last race. We want to see what racing is like without DRS. Or no DRS for the all, first 30 all, laps or all something. The, all the teams that still have positions to fight for in the championship would be like, hey, no, we can't do that. Fucking. Yeah, we need to. We have points to race for. We need <laughs> DRS, right? It would come under protest. So that's why I think if they were to do it, they'd have to make it look like it was an accident. Yeah, I, I Plus, I love that. a good. I, might, I, might I go love make, a good conspiracy. Theory. I might go get make some tinfoil hat for myself right here. Yeah, join you in this. I think, why not? You know, it's I think it was an experiment. I I'll think get it in was there a, with you. I think it was a concept experiment, and it was pretty clever by them. If that is the case. So Ryan, we talked about. I want to hear from the listeners. Do you buy into that conspiracy theory or not? Let us know at Purple Sector Pod on social media. So, Ragai, the put, put your as you mentioned, people. Yeah, as you mentioned, Ferrari uh, minimalizing points and all this, right? <laughs> they on lap thirteen tried the old double stack, but the, <laughs> the second car that came through, they weren't quite as quick with the tires, so they nope. botched the second one. Yeah, of course it backfired. Yeah. It was just interesting. So they, they basically were talking about another practicing on the fly. They did another double stack later in the race that will, went off a little bit better than the first one. But it was just funny watching that first double stack attempt by Ferrari. Too, little, fail. too little, too late. This is your, your typical Ferrari weekend, right? They don't. The, Leclerc misses the, the checkered flag in Q3 and qualifying. Then they fuck up a double stack. Uh, Leclerc <laughs> finishes third, can't get around for stopping. It's just a, a mess. Mm-hmm. The other one, Ryan, you actually had some good battling up front around lap 32 where Verstappen and Leclerc were going at it, and uh, Verstappen ended up getting him, of course. Surprise, surprise. Verstappen punked Leclerc. Verstappen kind of owns Leclerc when you look at it now. I mean, Kind of? Big time. He absolutely owns of him. Of course. He's Verstappen. He's did, Mad Max, Did you forget brother. Austria? No, I didn't. That's why I'm thinking of that as well when I'm saying this. Dude, it's... Ferrari really isn't anything when they don't have uh, their straight line speed advantage on any given weekend. Otherwise, they're trash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Monza, we saw where they could just, based on the engine, where they can take care of business. Even in Monza, like Hamilton took Leclerc to the fucking brink in Monza. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right? Even Spa, if it wasn't for Vettel holding up Hamilton in Spa, he was on his way to catching Leclerc again. True as well. Like, they're really fast in qualities, but they don't have that race pace, even with that cocaine straight-line speed. Well, it was also that, yeah, they could they were chewing up their tires much more than everybody else. Yeah, so what good is the straight-line speed exactly. when you don't have the tires to do the race distance? Yeah, exactly. So, 
The other action is we played the clip from earlier. You had Perez charging late. You had Signs making that nails pass on turn 11, I believe. I have some of the details here. So uh, Signs tried to make the pass on Hulkenberg, I think on like turn 9. And then he got a toe on the run down to turn 11, dummied right, and then made a sick dive down the inside and even locked up a little bit in the uh, the braking zone but was able to stay in front of Hulkenberg for that last point to give him sixth in the driver's championship. Because Gasly, on like the opening lap, came together with, uh, I can't remember who he hit, Stroll? Uh, I cannot remember. I think he hit Stroll. So Gasly basically knocked himself out of that competition for sixth, and Sainz just needed to get a point to get it, and he was able to on that last lap. Yeah, that was, says, a, harsh, that was a harsh start of the race for Gasly. Yeah. Sainz said, quote, it was like for a world championship for me. <laughs> so he was stoked. And he says, quote, it's crazy at the end of the championship that we're fighting on the last lap with the last overtaking opportunity on the track. Yep. So, you know, that's the thing. Even if everything's done and dusted with regard to the constructor's title, the driver's title, there's still stuff to, to fight for out there, and these guys are still going for it. That's why we highlight all these matchups on our preview, Grand Preview episode for this race. Yep. And you and I both owe Pierre Gasly a huge apology because once that seat change happened where Albon moved up to Red Bull and Gasly got demoted to Toro Rosso, we kept smoking and joking and talking about, oh, how many races is it going to take Albon to pass Gasly on points? Yeah. He never did. Didn't get him. Gasly held on to the spot. He finished seventh place overall. Impressive stuff. Gasly was like, hey, Purple Sector, go fuck yourself. But no, I mean, we, we forgot that it was an upgrade for him getting into the yes. Toro Rosso. The car he was always meant to drive, the Toro Rosso. He was born in it and born to drive it. Second place in Brazil. Never forget. Second place. So. And how did he celebrate? How did he celebrate? Play the audio. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gasly, this is one of our favorites. This is also probably, you could probably play this and people would believe that this is what he did over the radio when he hit Stroll in Abu Dhabi and his race was ruined. Yeah. You'd never know if it's a scream in terror and anguish or in happiness. <laughs> that will never get old for me. It's so great, dude. Radio gold. The lung capacity. I mean, that's after a race when you're exhausted, too. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So, Raga, we were talking a lot. You were looking for donuts to eat during the race. Oh, I got and my fucking track. donuts. They gave you the donuts at the end. Yes. So, the top three finishers, Hamilton went up and did the simultaneous donut, synchronized donuts with Verstappen. Then Leclerc came a little late, and you were saying, I didn't even notice this. He only gets off like one donut or maybe a donut hole Leclerc, and then runs out of fuel. Leclerc initiated a donut, got three quarters of a donut done, and then his car stalled from running out of fuel. Yeah. It's classic. <laughs> so Cla funny. Classic More Fer Ferrari. Classic Ferrari. They can't even nail fucking donuts, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And, Ryan, we had in the final race our only hat trick of the season where Hamilton yes. took pole, took fast lap, and race win. Well, if there was anyone out there who was going to do a hat trick this season, it was going to be Hamilton. And he did it. Last I'm surprised, race, the though. only I, one. I didn't think anyone was going to do it. Yeah, with the new purple point, I never saw it happening, but we but got Mer one out of 21. <laughs> but, but Mercedes is just that fast. Exactly. So, Ryan, uh, you also had some good audio. Lando Norris basically 
I think his one of his race engineers or his main race engineer is leaving the team. So he had this whole back and forth, weepy message with him and the guy going back and forth with one another. Yep. And uh, some good audio with Lando crying on the radio. So crying or mock crying i couldn't tell yeah, he if he said was being I'm, serious. I'm laughing crying it was yeah it's hard to tell because lando has such a squeaky voice to begin with you know and he's a big big time jokester kind of oh, kid so he's who a knows goofter, what he's talking he's a about goofster gaffster that kid yeah uh the other nice thing ryan holkenberg who can got driver of the day oh i wanted to bring this up was there any doubt in anyone's mind whether or not <laughs> nico holkenberg was going to win driver of the day he could have started the race and impaled someone on corner one. You really? Of, you still think he would have got it? I think he could have DNF'd in, if he in got corner one of lap down, one. You think he would have gotten it? Talk still, about if you want to talk conspiracy theories. Maybe I'll no, say no, no, that this no. is a conspiracy theory too, because we've seen before, Ryan, where the fans game the system and were able to get Kubica voted as driver of the day early in the year when he was dead last. It's still unclear. And they overrode it. Hang on, Formula One and Liberty Media said that that was actually a voting glitch. Yeah, Kubica. because they didn't want Kubica to get it. That was the glitch. Maybe. But I honestly think that... You're going to get spoon-fed those lies by Formula One and Liberty? Come on, brother. I'm just I'm just saying, I feel like Hulkenberg could have crashed in turn one on the opening lap and DNF'd, and he still would have been voted driver of the day. Well, thankfully because, he didn't, and he got it. Because every single driver can be voted for, regardless of context. So you think even if he was DOA, he would have gotten the DOD if he had crashed and, and passed away? Dude, he didn't even finish in the points, right? I think he was 11th. He was the one who got passed by signs. 12th. He finished 12th. Okay. He didn't even get points, okay? Yeah. Lewis Hamilton got the first hat trick of the season, didn't even finish top three <laughs> in the driver voting. Yeah, this one was the popularity. Nothing at stake, so we can vote for the guys we like. I'm just saying, he could have, he could have speared someone in turn one and, and won it. Right, guy. Let's let's head to the podium, you're shall having, we? You're having none of my next conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm ready for the podium. Shall we trot up to the podium here? Let's do it. So, the champagne <laughs> bottles were interesting. They also, I think we've deduced by our we were forensic, speculating. yeah, we were our speculating. forensic analysis of the footage on the podium that they were the rose water or something else, not champagne. The non-alcoholic variety yeah, of champagne. Because we saw Hamilton spit some out. It didn't have that same sort of effervescent uh, shot when they were spraying the champ- champagne, in quotes. This is what it actually looked like, right? So they, they did the initial spraying, and then all three drivers, Hamilton, Leclerc, and Verstappen, actually like huddled together after their first sip. And it looked like they were all debating whether or not there was booze in it. And then Hamilton... <laughs> clearly spits his out which is all i needed to know that it's non-alcoholic because mm-hmm. hamilton loves a drink <laughs> well especially after a win i think everyone likes a, a nice yeah. crisp champagne exactly so right we have to talk trophies too trophy this, talk here's what was good about these ones i love the good size discrepancies where the first place yes. trophy is <laughs> yes is like huge and then third place, it gets miniaturized to like best, a coffee mug the size. The best way to describe it is the winner gets a growler, second place gets a tumbler, and third place gets a coffee cup. Third place gets a coaster. Yep. So that really, the Hamilton one, so it was basically some sort of phoenix, some sort of bird Or a falcon design, or something, yeah. Some falcon, you know. Um, Etihad is the title sponsor, right? Let's just start off by saying gorgeous looking trophies. 
gorgeous looking trophies. They were a silver exterior, uh, a gold interior, and all sorts of wing, individual sort of wing feather designs on the bird. Very big, a sweeping design that wrapped around the bird beak on the front, the falcon or whatever it was, phoenix. Yes. My only question, Ryan, there seemed to be seams that were running all the way down it. Don't think you can fill this thing with liquid. I'm, I'm with you. It looks so like So we're looking at pictures. Not... Click that one. Yeah, see that? It's like a lot of open sections. If you can, you might be able to get very little in there. It's hard to tell how concave it gets inside. Yeah. They God, are those very are nice. Good lo- oh, look at the even. So that, and they did the colors. Yeah. yeah so there's first another place had the here. gold interior. Second had the silver. Third had the bronze interior. And they actually matched that on the champagne bottles, quote unquote champagne, with the glitter. They had gold glitter on the first place, silver and bronze glitter you know what? for the others. I'm going to stick my neck out here since this is trophy talk. This is just my opinion, but these best looking trophies of the season. They're nice. They're and I do like gorgeous, the size dude. of them. Yeah, gorgeous. they're very nice. And the added color is very nice. I'm, a, I'm into it, Rye Guy. These are the most original outside of the Gorilla trophies in yeah, France. Those are great. These are the most original ones. I'm not going to go out there, put my neck out yet saying best. Yeah, because they're, they're not drinkable and, enough for you, Yeah, right? I need to go back and look, and that, that would be a big knock against them. I can't confirm whether or not you can fill these with liquid. So I can't, I can't yet confirm that these are the best trophies of the season, but they are very, very stunning, and I like the different colors that they uh, painted on the inside. Yeah, I honestly can't tell if, if you would be able to put any liquid in them. Which would disqualify for you? That's a disqualification uh, that, of best trophy. They won't ever. even be considered at that point. God, They're it. out of the running. They won't even be votes tallied for them at that point. What if it? What if it's able to hold like a handful of M and M's? Does that get any bonus points on your end? Well, good luck reaching down into the first place one to get those M and M's because it, <laughs> it would just be some little little reservoir at the bottom, and you have to reach all the way in. Man, I wish we had like a direct line of contact with Hamilton, and we could be like, "Hey, Hamilton." Yeah, have you filled that trophy yet? Is, is it because possible look, to drink out of it? that beak, we're looking at the picture now, that might even work as a spout if you can fill it, and that's even better for drinking out of the trophy. Well, if that's the case, it's automatic greatest trophy it of all It would be time. way up there for sure. I'm not going to say greatest, Raga. I can't. I have to do my due diligence, but. This might be the best picture we have. I think you could drink out of it, dude. Looking at that picture. Yeah, maybe we'll run into Hamilton at some point this year, and we can ask him. We can take it for a spin. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, great look at trophies. For me, best of the year. For Helmut, podium finish, I think. Very nice, very nice. I still, what, like I said, what's your podium of trophies research. then? I need to do more research because I've forgotten. It's been such a long season. I have to go back and look, right, guy. I can give you my podium right now. Number one, top step is the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix trophies. Second step is the Gorilla trophies from France. And third is the. Um, Hungarian ones. The, what are they called? That type of uh, ornate cup that's only made in Hungary? Mm, not sure. You don't remember? No. Oh, it's it's slipping my, my mind, but... Put me on the trophy spot here. I need to bring my uh, research in. <laughs> it's not... Uh, yeah, I can't remember. Anyways, go on. Carry on. It'll come to me. Yeah, that's it. That's it for me. It's uh, It was bittersweet end of the season the coverage was pretty bad at the end of the race but it was still formula one. Oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah they're kind of kind of the fabergé almost type yeah what type, are they called uh, though it's um it's a it's a 
company that's been making these for like hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, we're going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. So um, quickly, let's just go through these real quick. The yearly qualifying head-to-head records, team by team. You want to hear these? Mm, please. All right, let's just run through them real quick. Hamilton makes quick work of Valtteri Botas, beating him 14-7. to Doubles him up. Yep. Pretty, pretty hefty margin there, okay? Charles Leclerc, in his first season at Ferrari, also beats uh, Vettel 12-9 to with seven pole positions along the way. Yeah, and he had a stretch there of nine, nine in a row where he bested Vettel. Yeah, very impressive, um, especially when you consider it's his first time at Ferrari. It's a team that's full of pressure, especially for someone that young. I think Leclerc is uh, an absolute superstar in the making. Lando edges Carlos Sainz 11-10, to 10, just. Pretty impressive. Very for the hot young stud. Another rookie coming in and beating his teammate. Ricardo pretty handily beats uh, Nico Hulkenberg 13-8, and it's mostly because he just walked all over him at the beginning of the season. And then you have uh, Perez spanking Lance Stroll, as we all had witnessed all season. I thought Perez was going to go 21-0. I mean, look at the, the run he had to start the season. How many in a row is that? That's uh, the first 13 races. He, mm-hmm. <laughs> he he beat Lance Stroll in the first 13. Because Lance also, as we know, struggles to just get out of Q1. Yeah, another one that I thought was going to be more lopsided than it ended up being was Kimi Raikkonen over at Giovinazzi, 12-9. Um, I thought Kimi would do better than that. What about you? I mean, this is the most veteran racer of all Yeah, time. I don't know what to make of Alpha. As we said, they were the weirdest hot and cold team this season. Yeah, but I mean, Kimi only... Giovinazzi finished strong, man. He had five out of the last seven he won over Kimi. Yeah, he started to get more consistent. So uh, Magnussen pretty much walked all over Grosjean, 13-8. to eight. Magnussen, uh, it's unbelievable again. We all know everyone's shocked that they're retaining Roman Grosjean. Magnuson really has been putting on He's so much better than a Grosjean. masterclass this year. Yeah. He He's was at least compared to Grosjean a masterclass. Um, yeah. Because in the races, too, he's just been so much better in the races, so much better in qualifying, and it makes you wonder why do you continue with Grosjean. But they're doing it. He's it, their guy. It can only be because they're able every year they're able to reduce Grosjean's contract, and to them that's attractive. Mm-hmm. All right, so hang on. Before we get to the the Williams, let's go through all of Max Verstappen's <laughs> matchups this season. So yeah, he had a lot of different teammates. So uh, first half of the season, more or less, uh, Max Verstappen's teammate was Pierre Gasly, who he handily defeated eleven to one, eleven to one in qualifying for Verstappen, and then eight to one versus Albon. I assume both the ones I think were when he had uh, some sort of engine issue or something, probably right. I believe. That was the case against Albon, Albon's sole victory over him in qualifying. But Ga- uh, the one in Canada, it was a red flag or something that ruined right. for stopping. That's what chance. I'm saying. It wasn't actually on track. It was because of yeah, an extenuating that, circumstance. That still counts. I mean, I agree. If you don't get that last chance, oh, right. in of another course, one. it counts. But I'm yeah. just saying it wasn't like they got their full runs all the way through Q3. No, you're right. So then uh, Daniel Kvyat and Alexander Albon were teammates for the first half of the season, and they tied six to six actually before Albon moved to Red Bull. Interestingly enough, we say this all the time, Toro Rosso is the team that Pierre Gasly was born to race for. And sure enough, when he gets demoted from Red Bull to, Tor- to Toro Rosso, he spanks Kvyat head-to-head 7-2. to two. Yeah, Think Gasly about that. is the Toro Rosso god, man. He is. Worked him. 
I hope he, he goes on to like retire from racing and becomes like team principal of Toro Rosso. Yeah. That would just be so fitting. Last but not least, Williams. George Russell beats Robert Kubica 21 to nothing in qualifying. He did the Fernando Alonso. Alonso the- swept Stoffel the Waffle Van Dorn last season, and now you have George Russell sweeping Kubica. A rookie sweeping a Formula One veteran, really. That's my one of the things I'm very intrigued to see, Ryan. Even if Williams is way at the back again next season, I want to see with Latifi in there, with someone else, another young, hot young stud, I want to see that qualifying matchup. If Russell spanks him again, then I think Mercedes might start arching their eyebrows, right? Wondering about maybe getting Russell in there 2021. So I'm very curious to see how Russell will do with with another hot young stud who's chomping at the bit for good results in Formula One. I'm with you. And it's funny that you bring that up because Crofty and Brummel were actually alluding to that in the race. They said with Latifi coming in from everything we're hearing, uh, George Russell could extend his qualifying streak to 43-0. and That's not going to happen because engine attrition and all kinds of things that can go wrong, it's unlikely he's going to go undefeated again. If he is, George Russell's a freak. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? If he, if he goes 43 races in a row without qualifying his teammate, that's unbelievable. If that's the case, he should just stay in F1 and they just every year bring a new teammate in to try and <laughs> knock off the, the beast, the qualifying beast that is George Russell. Yeah, I mean, in any case, it's very impressive to go 21-0. Like, so many things can go wrong in qualifying to rob you of that streak. Yeah, of course. And 21-0 is unbelievable, especially yeah. with how many races there are now in Formula One yeah. seasons. Seriously. So anyways, props to props to George Russell for just spanking Bobby Kubica. Bobby K. Yep. Special K. Un- unspecial and K. And he did that, Ryan, with all the Polish fans slandering him in his, <laughs> in his comments Running and his him direct down. messages on social media. Yeah. yeah. So unbelievable stuff from him. But yeah, right, guy, that'll do it for uh, our what last uh, any F1 race grand recap. This is our last of recap. This season. Yeah. Now we're going to head into the offseason. Purple Sector is not going anywhere. So make sure you guys subscribe to Purple Sector, rate and review the show, and spread the word because we're going to keep going all offseason every week. So make sure you guys are ready to buckle up because there's going to be plenty of good news and other series that are going on right guy that we're going to be getting into yeah so, absolutely stoked about that this episode was brought to you by frostgate asset management helping investors meet opportunity to learn more go to frostgatefunds.com and uh follow at purple sector pod guys on social media hit us up uh on our instagram profile there we have our phone number you can send a voicemail or blow us a text we're always standing by looking for more feedback for the box, box, box. The Absolutely. Box, box, box. And let us know if you buy into my conspiracy theory. Please. Yeah, people. Thanks for joining us. The offseason starts now, and it's only going to ramp up here on Purple Sector. See you all on the track. <laughs>